0: Ortho Laser Orthopedic Laser Centers is proud to sponsor the Ortho Show podcast. Ortho Laser Orthopedic Laser Centers is killing it right now. We have 6 centers open with 2 more opening in the next 8 weeks with 10 more sites in the queue across the country. We're exclusively powered by the MLS M8 laser technology. Laser treatment is an awesome alternative to traditional cortisone shots and surgery for all of your acute and chronic orthopedic pain needs for your patients. To find out how you can supercharge your orthopedic practice and become a part of the OrthoLaser community, go to the OrthoLaser website at www.ortholaserwithaz.com. That's www.ortholaserwithaz.com.
1: From medical media, this
0: is The Ortho Show. Okay, it's fro time again. It's your favorite opioid-sparing orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Scott Sigmund, here to host another episode of the Ortho Show podcast. We have a very special guest today who is a dear friend and colleague of mine. I would describe him as an innovator, educator, key opinion leader, has exquisite uh, technique and hands in the operating room. Uh, He's one of the new breed. He does not follow. He is a leader, and his name is Sharif Bishay. You're so sweet. <laughs> How are you, brother? I'm good. And yourself? I am doing excellent. So happy to have you on the show. This is going to be fun.
1: I'm going to be excited to stare at that hair for the next however many minutes. So I'm excited. There,
0: there's some great orthopedic hair going on in this podcast right now. There is no question about it.
1: We're only missing Dr. Ferry.
0: Yes, exactly. He's coming. We'll get him on.
1: We'll get him on for sure.
0: So, uh so everybody, what we're gonna do today is kind of fun. It's uh, uh, Sharif and I are gonna tell a, a sort of a story of, that we shared. it's It's one of the most memorable professional stories in my career. Uh, and uh, we went on this six month sort of voyage to understand and learn a new operation and try and sort of change the way we do things clinically. and i'll let I'll let Sharif talk a little bit about it. And you know, so the operation that we're talking about is a ladder J, and for most standard dislocations, Most people get a soft tissue procedure called a bank cart, but for people that have recurrent dislocations and things, they get some bone loss. And then you had to do this operation, which was a ladder J where you, you did sort of a bone moving operation. It was done open. And then why don't you just tell your sort of saga, your reasons why, Sharif, you thought going on this trip with me was going to be worthwhile.
1: You know, I'm going to go back even further because it's ironic that it has to do with shoulder for the fact that when I was in residency, I did so few shoulders that I remember my, probably my fourth year of residency, I remember saying to myself, I never want to do a shoulder in practice. I'm going to do everything but shoulder. So it's ironic that over the years, I kind of morphed into a shoulder surgeon. And over the years, I would see a lot of dislocations and, I'm in a group of 10 guys and I would get all the shoulders and one after the other would show up and instability. And you start realizing that you better have all your answers for all these different problems. And unfortunately I felt I was comfortable doing bank card repairs. And even if I had to go to an open bank card as a revision, I'd feel comfortable doing that. But then I started realizing that maybe there's more to learn. And maybe there's more to see. And I remember it was, I want to say, December of 13. Uh, I was at a meeting and Matt Ravenscroft was there. And it was a private little get together where you could watch him do this thing called an arthroscopic latterjay. And I was like, that sounds so stupid. (laughs) There's and, no and chance. <laughs> well, that's why I'm stupid because it sounded super hard, <laughs> so, so it immediately funny. became stupid. <laughs>
0: exactly, it exactly. makes my life simpler to Gotta just ju- like <laughs> justify the reason you don't want to do it. Anymore. Exactly.
1: So I remember thinking to myself, "Man, I, I, I don't know, is this something I want to get involved with?" And I probably thought about it from time to time. Every time that that patient would show up, like you said, a little bit of bone loss uh, or revision, I'd come back and I'd say to myself. I remember do, seeing that, and I'm pretty sure I could probably figure it out. I could fumble through it. But again, you know, with 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 surgery, you don't want to fumble through it. I mean, you, you owe that, that patient, you know, excellence. And I think you and I are cut from the same cloth that that's what we want to offer. We don't want to, you know, just do something just to say we did it. We want to do it well.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. And, you know, it was frustrating for me in clinical practice where you'd see the patient that had previous shoulder surgery for dislocation and they come in, they've re-dislocated. And then right. the, the surgeon then does a second bank card. And what's the only thing worse than a second bank cart? A third one. A third bank cart, where the surgeon says, well, those two didn't do it well enough. We're just going to do it one more time and I know how to do it better. And and at the end of the day, you know, we weren't really taught about a lot about, you know, bony loss in my residency and fellowship, to be honest, It, it was a European sort of concept that sort of came over and the most experienced open shoulder surgeons knew how to do an open ladder J because they recognized it was a bailout procedure that needed to be done. But I mean, just for all the listeners out there, I mean, I I liken the arthroscopic latter to like the Mount Everest of arthroscopic surgery. It is, you know, it is incredibly challenging. It is multiple steps. It requires tremendous amount of preparation and it's not to be taken lightly. And I remember, I mean, the two of us, we would go to meetings together. We were hanging out and we were just like, you know, dude, you ready? What are you thinking? I'm like, oh, you know, I'm not happy. And then, I don't know, just sort of one day I called you and I said, you know, dude, let's let's get Borg on the phone and let's see if we can really do this. You remember that?
1: Yeah, I do. And and that's where I was like, "Where's this coming from?" Because I think we had both thought it was stupid by then, and so uh, <laughs> and so I thought I thought that was behind us. But then you called, and it just opened up that window. And ironically, I would just seen a patient, and I and I thought to myself, "This would be the right surgery for this patient." I mean, I'm comfortable doing it open, but let's see where we can go from here. So yeah, that was uh, probably April or May of 14. I think that was, it was like Anna or something like that. And I remember we decided, okay, let's, let's do this. And I, it was later that year that Tom set everything up and we were off and found ourselves in Manchester and Annecy and back yeah. in Raynham and, yeah, we
0: went. I wasn't talking about all of it. It was sort of a great story. I mean, I, I always talk about the movie Vision Quest. You know, Matthew Modine is the guy who's in high school. He's got to go down. He wants to go down in size so that he can wrestle Shoot, who's, you know, this great wrestling guy. And then he gets the girl and like life is good. But he talked about this Vision Quest where he was going to go and do something that he really didn't think he could do or, or was like super hard, but he was going to put himself through that vulnerability and try and, and get there. And so, so that's what we did. So we called Tom Borg, who's a dear friend of ours. And Tom called the top arthroscopic J surgeons in the world. And then he arranged for us to go over to Europe to learn. And we took 10 or 12 days, right? We started off in, in Manchester, England with Matt Ravenscroft, who's become a very close friend of ours. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's so funny, the differences between the surgeries and the operating rooms, right? We walk into Matt's OR.
1: Well, first of it, all, it's not an OR, it's a theater. Remember you know, that? Yes, of
0: course, a it's theater. It's a theater. theater. Right. We walk into the theater, and they had that, like, plastic box thing, you know, that was sort of around everything, and that's like the cone of silence. If you're under that, you're sterile, but if you're not... You can like eat a cheeseburger in the back room. Pretty much.
1: You had your hands, you know, you you were, you're very uncomfortable. You wanted pockets. So you ended up putting them down the back of your pants to keep yourself comfortable. (laughs) I do. I do recall that.
0: Yes, exactly. The thing I loved about Matt was, you know, you take this really difficult operation, right? And uh, it's like 35 steps. And what I really appreciated, as you know, he puts the steps up in the operating room and you can actually read each step as he goes. And what he did And his real major contribution to arthroscopic Latterjee is that he took this complex operation, broke it down into steps, and made it reproducible for guys like us Mm -hmm. so that we could go step to step. And I thought that was
1: awesome. Well, what I loved about that is if you've seen one, you've seen everyone. You know, I will, however, say that he had evolved because when we saw him in 15, it was definitely different than what we saw in 13. And I remember seeing in 13 as well, Graham Tiddly Strong as well do it. And he did it completely different. You would actually pull the coracoid out of one of the portals, connect it to the the, the handle and then put it back in the body. So it was there, there was definitely an evolution, which is ironic because when we went to Annecy, I, I think Laurent uh, Lafosse is... He's always evolving. And if you saw now, six weeks from now, it might be different. So that, I, I, you know, as much as it was great to see him and, and you know, all the splendor that is Annecy and and his facility, it was definitely more productive for me to see Matt.
0: I, com- I completely agree with you. And we'll talk a little bit about Annecy in a second. One of my other favorite moments with Ravenscroft in the OR, it was in between, it was in between the latter J, so he had a little rotator cuff to do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, oh. the guys in the – like the, the people are in the back, they're reading the paper. One guy's like practically smoking a cigar. And, you know, And they're hanging out. And then all of a sudden he decides what he wants to do, right? Nobody's doing anything paying attention. And then he says
1: – W formation hey, two and two.
0: Two and two, he was like, it was like Peyton Manning, Omaha. Yeah, Omaha. Exactly. It was like running a football play. Everybody jumps up, grabs all the stuff. He does a 12 minute rotator cuff repair. That was beautiful. That
1: was a lot of fun, yeah. And it was crazy because literally everybody's paying attention, but they're not paying attention until they have to pay attention. And the next thing you know, it's like everyone's scurrying. Exactly. I mean, not even the sets were open, which it blows my mind because I did a you know a bunch of cases today and I took notice of that because I knew we would get to that. And I had four different sets open for a case. And then they're like, you know, we might have to delay your last case because we don't have enough sets. I go, I don't need a set. I really don't. Just here's the things I need.
0: That's right. I mean, and that's the National Health Service is where we were. So. Uh, you know, he was like the MacGyver of surgery. Like he used to, he would take like the needle cap and figure out some way to use that instead of... Yeah, the um, needle cap he'd put in
1: his portals to stop so somebody wouldn't have to waste a finger of like one of his assistants. I mean, they didn't have a spider or any arm holder. He made some string contraption that, you know, tied to the guy's toe and...
0: And uh, you and I are taking pictures of it, right? We want to memorize every detail so we get back, we can position correctly. I remember
1: remember coming back and thinking to myself, how the hell would I build that contraption. I mean, there's, I I couldn't do it. So Uh, thank thank God for ingenuity and innovation with these companies with arm holders. Yeah, no, we do really well
0: with that. So, all right. So now we pick up. So we learn from Ravenscroft and we're pretty excited, right? And we this is this post thing.
1: going out to dinner where he accidentally gave us gasoline to drink. So it well, was the...
0: Yeah, that's like that's like another yeah. story. That's what happens. Yeah, exactly. What happens in Britain days Exactly. But, uh, so that so we take we fly over to Annecy, France, which is arguably one of the most beautiful spots on the planet. It's this gorgeous lake, it's in the French Alps. You fly into Geneva, and then there's this larger than life, you know, surgeon, Lorraine Lafosse, who you know, is is literally one of the our, our world's great shoulder surgeons and he's, innovators. He's quite amazing innovators as well. You can so. just ask him. Yes, I am one of the world's greatest shoulder surgeons. But uh, no, he is he is really remarkable in the way he thinks and, and does things. He was a vascular surgeon before, which I think is why he understands the spaces better than we do. Uh, but uh, so now we go into his operating room, and it was like for me, it was like it was like watching Picasso do a painting. At the end, it was beautiful, but I had no idea how to get there. You know, I just I had a hard time, ca- you know, capturing conceptually how I was going to be better at latter J when I was done. Yeah,
1: and and it's interesting because, um, you know, when you look at uh, David Weinstein and Paul Favorito, who went in, you know, four years before us, and you talk to them, and they had been doing arthroscopic latter in the States for, you know, they had a four-year head start on us they said that the way they described it was completely different than what we saw. So with that being said, it's, it it was, like you said, it was great to be in the artists, you know, layer and see everything and witness everything and be part of it. But walking away from that, what I learned from there was more about the spaces, but less about the surgery. And his dissection of the axillary nerve and the musculocutaneous nerve and, you know, finding stuff you you may or may not even need to see was fascinating. But, you know, did it really give me the steps? I mean, I don't think he could put the 33 steps up because his 33 steps are ever changing and evolving. So and and that's the power of his brain and his innovation. So, I mean, more power to him. But for guys learning, it's tough to do.
0: Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I mean, and it was, you know, <laughs> then we went and spent some time with him in the office. Oh, my God. At, at, you know, he <laughs> still has the picture of, in the handstand. He's got a handstand. Sharif's holding one leg and I'm holding
1: the other. No, I stood away. No, 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 I was not oh, holding us. Oh, oh, you his were plan. taking the I, I was not <laughs> holding us. But, uh, but Will Haynes, so he, Will was with us from South Africa yeah. and from Durban. And I remember he, he was just like us. I mean, he just wanted to, Really understand it, but, you know, kind-hearted guy. And I just remember having a beer with him one of those nights, and he just said, I have no idea what I just saw. <laughs> it's and, true. Which it's is, true. Which is really interesting because we know what we're doing there, but yet it's, like you said, it's it's almost this magician's misdirection, and all of a sudden he says, what card did you pick? And then he shows you, and it's like, wow, that's amazing. But and And that's, I think, the... The, the probably the most powerful thing I noticed about Mafos was the, the 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 magic of it I mean he truly made it look spectacular and elegant. It's just like you said though I'd have no idea how to get there,
0: yeah, no, but it was it was really important, so all of these experiences are what we took with us, and now you know look we're we're recognizing how complicated this operation is, and you know you and I are taking this as serious as you possibly can, so then we get back off the plane from from France and we start doing it, we go to labs. You and I did a lab. Do we did a lab with George Athol before? or at, I think no, that was before, no, right? No, no, no. Then we went out to Paul. No, we
1: did that one later. George was great because he, even though this is such a hard procedure, he makes it seem simple. And then he also tells you how simple it is and how great you're doing. So if you ever want somebody to make you feel good about yourself he called george (laughs) it's so true (laughs) you know he's like you're a great surgeon you could do this this is so easy look at you you're doing great and you're i mean you have no idea where you are i mean he's but he's so
0: approachable you know i I talk about that all the time you know innovators really like other innovators they want to be around other people that want to try new stuff and they they want you to succeed so he's very good about that And then, you know, it was like the switching stick going from the front to the back Mm -hmm. to make the import. I mean, he just had, everybody has just a couple little things that they do. And each one of those little tidbits allowed us to sort of develop our own technique. And I think that each, even you and I do it probably just a little differently at this point now, you know, and then we talked a lot about, so, so the whole experience is right. We go to Manchester, we, we have a, we have a glass of wine or a beer. We're like, okay, dude, we're going to do this. And we go, we go to England, we go to France, we go to Cincinnati, we meet with George Athwall. You know, we do three more labs, we do 100 hours of video, and it's time for our first patient.
1: Yeah. And I remember I actually started, I had three back to back to back. And the irony of one is that it is my partner's cousin, or actually, I should say at the time my resident's cousin, who is now my partner, who I actually taught how to do this today. So we'll get to that in a second. So it comes full circle. (laughs) But uh, I remember telling him this, and, and I and I said to him, "I'm going to do this arthroscopically, but I am going to be prepared to open." So I, I had that safety net. I had that parachute if I had to pull it. And I think that's what I needed is to know that I, I it wasn't failing if I didn't land the plane. And it, what what would have been a failure is if I tried to keep going arthroscopically and couldn't do the right procedure. Sure. So I think that's once I put that in my brain that. Literally everybody else is doing it open. So if I have to go to open, I'm giving the gold standard. I'm giving the, you know, the, what's out there. You
0: know, I remember, you know, when I was ready and I had the patient, you know, for a couple of months, I knew he was the guy. And uh, I'll never forget, I mean, you think about this, all right, there's all this mishigas to go learn how to do this new operation. How the hell are you going to sign up your first patient, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they're going to look at you and say, you're not going to do this on me. You've never done it before. But I sat down with them. I explained to the patient the entire process of the six months that I went through to learn this operation. And it was very emotional for me and it still is. And I, I know, I'll never forget it. I mean, he looked over at me and I'm like, wasn't sure what he was going to say, but he says to me quite clearly, he's like, doc, I, I just want to thank you for for learning how to fix me, and that was really yeah. quite profound. and And that was it. And we did the operation, and we did it in an hour and twenty minutes, and you know, never looked back. And you know, so it's been a pleasure. I mean, I you know, for me. I'm a, I'm a private practice guy. You know, we do them when they need to do them, but I'm not a, right. a tertiary care referral place. So I still, you know, the numbers are are still lower than I would like. And it's still something that's a challenge for me. I look to that operation every time I do it, but you've really become a master at this point. You, oh, how, you're, how you're many sweet. have you done?
1: Today I did 50. Yeah. Today I was 50. And so it's funny because my partner, uh, Jonathan Hines, he was a resident and so he worked with me as a resident on these and here we came full circle to today. I was there to teach him. So I'm paying it forward by making sure that there's more and more and more guys, excuse me, more and more surgeons, I should say, that are, you know, going to be proficient with this. And this will become the new standard of care. And it was exciting to teach him and I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, man. I, You know, it was just, it was an amazing experience. And I don't think You know, we talk about, you know, the vulnerability to take your place, take yourself someplace to do something new and different that you've never done. And I can honestly say that I'm not sure I would have taken this journey without you. It was really great, you know, for the two of us to support each other through this entire process. And, you know, I think we've really helped to make a difference. We brought, you know, arthroscopic Latarget to America. Not that we were the only ones doing it, but we helped the movement. You know, Paul Favorito, the master, the American master of arthroscopic Latarget is the is our dear friend and we appreciate all that he's done. Did he win the club championship by the way?
1: He did. Oh. It's like year year 3. No, it's unbelievable. <laughs> Which is great because I'm bringing him up to my invitational so. <laughs> <It's>, of course <laughs> you, don't, you don't ask you don't ask the fro but it's okay. No.
0: I, I'm not taking it personally.
1: And you know, what? there there are times that I scratch my head and said I wish I would have never said anything about your hair because I coined that term yes. the fro and it, and it literally has now legs of its own so. Yeah, no it is uh, it is taking off. But it's great that, you know, we've, we still, even through all of this and feeling comfortable doing this procedure, keep in touch, send our, you know, we time each other. I mean, not that it matters, but it's, it's a way of keeping it going that we're there to help each other. We're there to, you know, Hey, I got a question for you. I did this today and it was weird. What do you think? And, and, you know, it's, it's great to do that. And on our plane, if you recall from uh, Manchester to Annecy, our pilot's name was Johan. <laughs> that sounds <not> true. <laughs> so on the flight, the guy was circling and circling in the Alps. And we're like, man, it just land this plane. And so now when we finish the case, it's Johan. The plane has landed.
0: That's so true. That is one of the little things I did forget. I really appreciate you bringing that back up. So, hey, Sharif, this is exactly the type of story that we like to tell. It's it's a true, you know, great orthopedic professional saga of how we, we really tried to change the paradigm of how we do things and helping to educate other people as well. It is always a pleasure, my brother, to have you on the show. I can't thank you enough.
1: It's my pleasure. I'm honored to be on.
0: So at this point, I want to thank our sponsor, Ortho Laser Orthopedic Laser Centers. This is Dr. Scott Sigmund, hashtag follow the fro, host of the Ortho Show. Until next time.